Hello and welcome to Torty Talks, a Tortoisoft Enterprises production by Simon Anthony. That's me. You can contact me at podcast at torty.org.uk. Enjoy. Exams are horrible at the best of times. For me, the best of times are when I have nothing much to do with them. Not much, but some. It's odd, but 40, no, 50 years after taking my last one, I am again in an exam hall. Hall, not the sort I would choose for doing anything in, like listening to a concert, the Royal Albert Hall sort of hall, oh no, a sports hall. A sport to me is an error in the growth of something, to be avoided, weeded out, planned against, not willingly entered into, and certainly not ever entered for pleasure. But such is the life of a part-time actor, which is also the fate facing any part-time worker over the age of looks like he can do it. I take what I can get, and exam invigilation I got. It doesn't pay a lot, but then not much is expected of the invigilator. But there are things to do and sort out. If you are creative, they can keep you awake and sane. The first trick in the book is finding the right place. I am very bad at that. The school of the hall in question today is probably the largest known to any human, but I managed not to see it at first visit. Dear old Google knows the postcode, but not the gate position. The two seldom match up, and day one was when I discovered this was just such an occasion. I came to it via what turned out to be the back way. I was expecting something small, never having checked it up online other than by means of mapping it. I had to ask several kids where the place was. Each one looked at me as if I was deranged. Who could possibly miss the school? Well, I for one. My brain was tuned for the sort of place I had done after-school clubs in, small gates set back from a row of houses, but not one of the promising paths led to anything. Eventually, I had wandered towards the real entry, much more by accident than design, and there it was. A massive, spiralling edifice with a clock tower, multiple trees, roundabouts, gates and security cameras. Even though I have written a device which enables me to type whilst walking, I shall take this opportunity to record live. Having just got off the bus from uh, uh, the uh, typing the stuff that I have just read, I uh, will continue. This building, gigantic, this edifice as I called it, uh, this sprawling monstrosity, this... Uh, I don't, I don't know how many kids would go to it. It must be in the, in the region of several thousand. They were doing their mocks. Their GCSEs, I think. Or O-levels or whatever they call them these days. It's not my job as an invigilator to have a clue on that subject. I'm not even allowed to look at the question papers. Although I have. In a, more of that later. I turn up in the place. I find the gate to get in eventually. And it's got a little thing on it, you know, a keypad with a, with, um, a heavily overused uh, set of buttons. 
somewhere there is a, uh, is a text that says, press the bell to enter. And of course there is nothing left that's got any symbol on it that is even vaguely recognisable as being a bell. So I go for the thing that's been obviously most pushed. I press that. There's a sort of a buzzing sound, as you get when something like that happens. And then a sort of a shambolic rumbling sound coming through the speaker. And uh, then there's a loud buzz and the click, but no indication of what I should do about it. So I, I try to track down where the noise came from and, and, and finally see that there's some sort of electromagnetic gatey thing attached to the top of one of the sections of the gates. Uh, and uh, by the time I found that, there's been another click. And the, uh, uh, the option for getting through has been uh, withdrawn. So I've got to press the button again. Somewhat irritated this time, the uh, the buzzing, rumbling sound at the other end is accompanied by press the door, which is not helpful because obviously that's what I've got to do. Um, but having sort of vaguely tracked down what a door is, I do, and this time I can get through. I find the reception being one of the multiple buildings on this colossal layout and uh, quite a number of signs actually pointing towards reception. I seem to be unique in the world of not driving a car. See, most of these signs are designed for people to follow if you are behind a steering wheel. If you're on foot, you could go in a much more direct way. Very irritating. Anyway, I eventually find the part reception thing, and there is another heavily used set of uh, buttons to gain entry. Through the glass door, I see a glass window behind which sits a receptionist. I'm pretty sure they can see me. I'm pretty sure they are the person that I should be seeing. I randomly press buttons until something makes a buzzing sound. There's a, a noise, this time fairly similar to a human voice saying something, and there's wild gesticulation going on behind the glass. Eventually I work out that while the gesticulation was going on I was looking at it, there had been another click. Had I paid attention to that, I would have realised that I could have swung open the door and got in, but I missed it. I try the second time, and the now incredibly irritated, but then I realised later, mildly uh, amused person behind the glass welcomes me. And all smiling, me with my confusion, I sign the various pieces of paper and uh, get her to sit down. At this point, I realise I'm about 45 minutes early. This is not a mistake I make again. But I sit down and I wait the allotted time to pass. And then finally, after quite a number of children walk past staring at me and my visitor lanyard, I get let into the staff room where I sit for quite some considerable time thinking, surely there's an exam that's got to be invigilated. Am I not here to do this task? Why is nothing happening? It's all a bit odd. 
So I say, um, um, really, you know, um, my my opinion voiced. Uh, they, oh yeah, come on in, and they take me to the aforementioned sports hall. It is an error. It is something that should have been something else, but it didn't grow like that. It was designed to be that, and I don't like it. But anyway, there I am, multiple doors, and of course the first thing I've got to do is go to the lavatory. So that's what I do. But of course, it being a school, there's lots of signs saying staff only. Now I presume I count as staff. So I use one of those. The lights are out. I stumble forward, carefully, carefully, and wonder if the torch on my phone will actually work. And as I search for that, the lights blaze on. A motion sensor, which rather cunningly has been placed to activate only after you've got about 10 yards into the room, has triggered. I can see where I am. I perform the ritual and depart, gently dripping, because of course there is no towel. So, there I am, in the hall. There are a large number of middle-aged women wandering around, doing stuff in a very efficient manner. And I am taller than them by about six inches, and the only male, and the oldest, and white. Uh, (laughs) And stand out like a sore thumb. Um, I am welcomed with open arms, which is which is ple- pleasant, um, but I feel somewhat somewhat out of out of place. Uh, but I I steadfastly knuckle down and begin to do my duty of figuring out what on earth my duty might be, which involves, of course, not being stunned by the fact that there were three hundred chairs in this hall, and tables. And each one of them has got a number on it with a letter attached. Each of the rows has got letters and the columns have got numbers. Uh, Columns, numbers, rows, letters. Yeah, one of them. You see, I'm so tired. Anyway, on these tables are also little pieces of paper with the student's name on it and the student's photograph. This is impressive. There are also large amounts of space for me to put the pieces of paper on, which is what I do then. I've got the question papers. The first day I did it, it was maths. Maths is something I really cannot do. So I looked at the question papers and thought, hey, this is easy. This is, this is childishly simple. In fact, childish being the appropriate uh, level for it, I grant you. But nonetheless, I, 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 I thought that a, a kids' maths was something impenetrable to somebody over the age of, of 15, let alone 60. Then I looked at the harder level. I thought, ha right, OK, this is where it gets to. It didn't. It was similarly simple, slightly more complex, but nonetheless utterly understandable. This led me into a false sense of security when I came to uh, uh, invigilate on the biology paper. Not a word made sense. Nothing. These things were were factual. No way could you guess any part of that. No way could you work anything out. Biology is a memory trick. 
Maths is something you can de deduce, experiment with, with a, a pen and paper, during the exam, perchance. But biology is not something you can do any further investigation during the course of an invigilation process. <sighs> so there I was, thinking, meh, poor sods, these kids. Yeah, the kids. They're year 10 or, or whatever. I haven't worked this out yet. I suppose it's one of the things that you ought to know sort of automatically. I've, I've, I've been a parent. My, my kids are old enough to be that in themselves now, but they're fortunately not. But I don't know what the year ranking uh, uh, relates to actual age of child. A child, I suppose, because they are under the age of 18, that much I know. But one of them, one of them looked to be something in the region of slightly older than a toddler. When he came in, he behaved in a similar manner. I was somewhat concerned and made my feelings clear to uh, the chief invigilator, who said, Oh no, he's been here for four years. He's, he just hasn't grown. Well, it, why on earth was he taking the same level of test as everybody else? Weird. I mean, special educational needs was an assured requirement for this, this little chap. Nice enough guy. Just totally out of depth in every possible way. This, I think, is a failure of the exams, of, of the education system, which I'm not hugely enamoured of late. But uh, anyway... The kids. There were not going to be 300 of them, a mere 250 queued up outside, queued, were behind the door. And when the allotted hour uh, dawned, an hour dawn, it happened anyway, the doors were gently opened. Our lead invigilator started bellowing, no talking, no talking, no talking, multiple times, echoing frantically around the hall, as, as only a, a loud woman's voice can do, uh, in an ear-piercing manner, which was matched only by that of the fire alarm, which for some reason is used as a, the alarm bell for break as well. I mean, what on earth... <laughs> cheapness, cheapness, that's the thing. This is multi-decibellia, incredibly loud. Well, all you need is a ding-dong and you get the bat-out-of-hell noise of a fire alarm designed to wake the dead, to get you out so you don't become one of them. I mean, this is, this is a way to deafen kids and certainly uh, make them... Uh, not care about loud noises which would result in them not being able to hear a damn thing later. But somehow or another they still could work out what was said by a very small lady at the other end of a massive sports hall, which presumably you could put several Olympic-sized swimming pools into, um, but I don't know what those are. I know that it couldn't put whales in it, but... She was at the other end making a high-pitched noise, which could be heard but not deduced as being language at, at any point uh, in, 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 the rest of, in the rest of the hall, at least by me. They seemed to work it out. They found their places. Eventually, they got seating plans. Seating plans for an exam. Yes, yes. And uh, they, they, they sat in the appropriate places. My job was to stop them being happy and chatting to each other, which I sort of did a bit. 
Why can't they look at each other? Why do they have to stare? Why can't they shuffle about a bit? Because these are exam conditions. Exam conditions? These are totalitarian state conditions. These are the sorts of thing that you, you fear in an authoritarian gulag where everybody that you can see has, has, has been charged with some heinous offence that means that they are worthy of lifetime imprisonment. But these are kids. Oh, God. But anyway, I've got to do the job of sustaining the status quo, well, creating it and then subsequently sustaining it. And so I do in a in what I hope is not a particularly massively authoritarian-like way, but uh, with a lot of smiling. Now, as a youth, when I was approached by people who I was slightly frightened of, but who were my senior anyway, I would give an immensely fast, toothy grin, almost a grimace. When David Attenborough started showing chimpanzee uh, rituals on the television, I recognised my expression in their automatic way of showing subservience in the pecking order. How on earth did that pass down to me? That's hardly fair. I mean, it's been several million years since I had anything to do with chimps, but uh, well, there it is. It <sighs> was embarrassing. These kids do it as well, to a degree. And the only way I can respond to them in any way that could be viscerally understood without saying anything was by flashing that smile, that grin. Which I did multiple times. It's quite painful after a while. They come, they sit, they chatter, I snarl, they stop chattering, I snarl, and um, things sort of calm down a bit. There's a loud squeaking sound from somewhere and then the clock, which is projected onto the wall, indicates the start of the exam. They have all got their question papers and answer papers. Now, a, an answer paper is a paper into which you write your answers. A question paper is the paper that has the questions which you are going to answer on. For some reason, in this situation, the question paper is the piece of paper that the questions have been answered on. What? Anyway, this was an English exam today, and I think that uh, they might have failed it. And it was a comprehension paper as well. I had a little look. It was all about bicycles and why bicyclists hate bad drivers. I couldn't read anything much more than that. Well, for a start, I, I had bad, bad dreams because I am one of those, I was one of those cyclists. I am no longer because of the truth of the axiom, the cyclist hates dangerous drivers. Having been hit on multiple occasions and parked on on one occasion by same. Anyway, their job was to answer questions on this mass of information. About two pages of A4 they had to, they had to read first and then do a multiple choice tick box thing and then write for an hour and 45 minutes all about it. Within the first 10 minutes, the little guy of whom I have spoken had put random ticks in all the boxes 
and had folded his arms and was staring out the, the walls. I was going to say out of the windows, but this sort of building does not have windows. It does not have ventilation. It has a huge amount of space. And in that space is still air. And that still air is polluted by the aforementioned 250 kids. Not all of them. Oh no, the air is not moving, so you can tell precisely which one is the source of the pollution, especially if you've got to walk up and down the rows. And there were several corridors, well, crossings uh, in between the kids, which I didn't really want to go through very often because the air was thicker there and sort of sort of dusky colour. You, you, didn't, you didn't want to venture in there, it wasn't good. Sad, really. After quite a considerable amount of time, wandering backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, the average exam invigilator's brain goes soggy. What on earth can you think of to keep your brain alive? You can't play with your phone. No, no, no. You, you can perhaps hope that one of the kids is going to do something bad so you can tell them off without saying anything, of course. Do some wild arrowy pointy thing with your finger or or uh, one of those growl things that the the leader of the chimp pack gives to some upstarty chimp who's smiling too broadly at him it's not something that happens often enough to really pad out one hour and 45 minutes of trolling backwards and forwards backwards and forwards maybe one of the kids wants a pen whoa there's luck because that's the only thing that you can give them. You can't give them anything else, only pens. Or perhaps, if they are sufficiently diligent, a piece of paper to continue writing on. No, you can't answer any questions. And no, you most definitely cannot go to the loo, we were told in high-pitched squeaking when I was close enough to work out what they were saying. But lots of them did. And what can you do? What can you do? Apparently, in the past, the, the, the stricture, thou shalt not allow a child to leave the, the exam hall, even if they really need to go to the laboratory, resulted in a puddle and terrible sadness on behalf of everybody concerned. Most particularly, I would have thought the puddle maker itself. But I was more than lenient and let quite a number, well, three uh, kids uh, go forth and, and uh, rest themselves. It did not take a long time in the lavatories, but this being a, a comprehension test, there's no way they could look up anything or, or anything else. Uh, so I, I, I didn't venture in and say, come along now, come along now, you're, you're, you're um, you know, playing, playing a, a silly game here, um, come back. No, which I would have to do during the maths questions or perhaps the biology ones, but not this one. I came back in and immediately Mrs. Loud Squeaky Voice says no more people going to the lavatory at all, that's it. Not a single other person from that point on even tried. Oh well, she knew her job. What else can you do to keep the brain alive? You can't rely on the kids doing anything. Well, they do it from time to time. So what I thought was, well, I shall, I shall, I shall count how many there actually are. At this point, my massive ability with maths showed itself of what it was. I could not remember the seven times table. Try as hard as I could, it would not work. I kept adding seven to the number I'd last thought of. And for some reason, I got past 10 without hitting 70. 
I mean, this is an indication of quite how addled the brain gets when you've been standing up for about an hour, wandering backwards and forwards, concerning yourself with, is little Johnny's um, a drink bottle inscribed with some naughty message that will help him in an English, uh, an English test of, of understanding of text that he's never seen before? No. Uh, the brain just has, has gone to mush. And... So I look at them and I think, right, what what'll I do now? Uh, I'll I'll, um, I'll think about I'll think about who they remind me of. Now, as an extra, you go wandering around, uh, an actor type extra, and maybe the person you're looking at is somebody you've seen on telly or in a film or on video or something. But there's no chance whatsoever of that being the case in an exam hall. So. Who could this person look like? Oh, yeah, oh, he looks a bit similar. Oh, no, no, but uh, no, that one, that one had um, only only the one nose. This one's, yeah, no, it can't be that. Um, And so on. The brain, as I say, fairly soggy. Now, another thing you can think about, if you look at a mass of people that do not concentrate on any of them, you lock your vision on one spot and sort of defocus your attention, all of a sudden, all of the movement in the rest of the hall springs into vibrant existence. I can detect every single movement of every single person within my field of view without moving my point of view whatsoever. This is a weird thing because I have no concentration, no, no, no concept. I'm not looking at the focal point of my vision. I'm looking not with the macula at all, but all the other bits. And the movement sensors are, 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 are flicking on and off in my, in my eye. It's very weird. It's very weird, but it's very helpful for being able to tell if somebody's put their hand up. Because they might want a pen, hey, or or give me the fun of saying no, you can't go to the lavatory. You've been told, but quite often it is a girl with long hair flicking it out of her face. They do this all the time, and when you're in the I can see every movement mode of looking at a large group of people, they trigger every motion neuron in the brain repeatedly and you can't tune that out oh no 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 then of course there's the bloke who likes putting his head in his hands and then leaning back in the chair and relaxing loudly now loudly you can tell him off for but relaxing harder to to um, chastise him for but i have a go anyway uh, but you've got to do it by gesticulating fairly wildly yourself, rather sort of contradicting the whole point of your, of, of, of your comment, non-verbal or otherwise. It was then I realised my phone was on. One of the terrible things that a student can do is bring a telephone into the exam hall. I realised not only was mine with me, but it was on. So I went to turn it off. And it spoke to me. No speakable text on this screen. Lovely. Marvellous. Echoing round this hall. This was a sackable offence. But fortunately, Mrs. Loudvoice was not in the hall, so nobody noticed. <laughs> oh, got away with it. And I turned the bugger off. That was not nice. That was not nice. 
and there are ten of us wandering around trying to pick up on somebody to keep ourselves sane and then it happens. Finally, as if by eventually, that is the end of the exam. The second hand creaks up to the top of the clock and it says, right, stop writing. All of a sudden, 50% of the hall is all of a sudden writing again. They just thought of the thing that they hadn't thought of for the last one and a half hours and are struggling to stick it down on the piece of paper in the, uh, as the echo of put the pens down dies in the hall. Why is this? It's, it's sort of helped by a bit, by the five minutes early saying there's five minutes left. And then there's sort of a look of, yes, I know, we can see the clock, we've been looking at the clock for the past hour and a half. <sighs> Why are you telling us as if we can't read? Here we are, we're being tested on our abilities. If we needed you to tell us what the time was, we would. And yet, when it gets to that time, all of a sudden, they realise they've forgotten everything and now is the last moment that they can possibly stick it down. And I've got to tell them to stop. Seems hardly fair, does it? Then, then, you've got to pick up the pieces of paper. All 250 and do so while exam conditions are still in play. Which is quite difficult, frankly, because the kids are fairly pissed off with having to sit there when everything's done and their pieces of paper have been taken away from them. But the possibility that an exam invigilator, invigilator, might wander into the hall and tell all of us adults off if one of the children has got so fed up with sitting there for hours doing sod all in silence, might perhaps smile at their neighbour, they're not allowed to and we've got to stamp on them. Hmm. Finally though, they depart. And finally, I can say, phew, that's another job done. I have earned 35 pounds. Okay, fine. I'll do it again tomorrow.